welcome to the Inner Success Story podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Wilson, and I help established career-driven women to break through the negative inner dialogue and finally feel like they're good enough. My mission is to ensure that more women enjoy their career, step up to higher roles, and in doing so, hold the ladder to allow other women to climb with them. I grew up with an inner dialogue of I'm not good enough, and this impacted really negatively on how I was living my life. I started my personal development journey and everything changed for me. Now I want to support you to do the same. Each week I'll be uncovering the truth about mastering your mindset and there will be some surprises and perspectives you might not have considered before. Just to give you a bit of warning, I'm super passionate about this and that might mean sometimes I swear. Welcome everybody. I hope you are well and enjoying your week so far. Can't believe it's Thursday already and I hope you've got some lovely things planned for the weekend. I am loving, absolutely loving coming and talking to you guys each week about various elements linked to imposter syndrome but today's is probably my favourite. And if I'm honest, I'm going to really struggle to kind of keep it um, really short. So this one might go over the 20 minutes today um, because there's so much to cover. There's so much to talk about. And I love the fact that having put the invites out, there are so many of you who are interested in this particular thing. Um, Because what often happens is things from childhood are still lingering around. Um, And I'm going to talk to you about my journey through it. I'm going to talk to you about why it still affects you. I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about what you can do about it. But it's such an interesting subject. But I do just want to clear up one myth. You do not have to have suffered trauma and abuse in your childhood for you to be affected by something that happened or in some cases, a throwaway comment. So for example, yesterday I was talking to my daughter, we were watching telly together, we were watching um, adverts and what have you, and and there's one that goes around a lot about teaching. Um, So, you know, teachers talking to to the kids and teaching in different ways and all this kind of thing. And I turned around and said to Sky, you know, you've left school now, which of your teachers will you remember, apart from like one who was her absolute favourite? Is there anybody else that you would remember? And she said to me, I will always remember name at my primary school. And I was like, oh, okay, why is that then? Because she told me that I would never be any good at maths. And I've just passed my GCSE, so ha. Um, And it just made me think, you know, throwaway comments can also have an impact on, you know, how we respond to things. And a number of my clients will have throwaway comments that have been made by a teacher. Teachers coming up is quite a common thing. So if you're a teacher, just be careful what you're saying, uh, because it can stay with kids forever. Anyway, I'm already digressing and um, let's let's dive straight on in. Okay, so. I'm going to utilise my own story today because I think it's important to work with like some live examples. I think it's important that you understand sort of the journey that I've been on a little bit as well in terms of from childhood. So I noticed actually when I was looking through who is joining me today, there's a number of people who I used to work with and who probably thought they knew me pretty well. I was always bubbly, always came across as confident. What they probably didn't know is actually I just wasn't inside. It was all a mask. I'd trained in musical theatre. Obviously, that hadn't panned out and I hadn't ended up doing musical theatre. But I was very good at putting the mask on. I was very good at playing a character. But that doesn't mean that inside I didn't feel like I didn't fit in. I didn't feel lacking in confidence. I didn't have 
Imposter syndrome, I had major league imposter syndrome, but would probably come across to anybody else as as probably pretty together and knowing what I was doing. And in some respects, I did know what I was doing. But in terms of fitting in and in terms of feeling like I could own my confidence, absolutely not. That was not a thing at all. Um, I had a number of inner stories going on and, you know, including things like oh people find me irritating or people just tolerate me or you know even when something really nice happened and I got loads of praise or you know really great feedback I would still tell myself stories about you know they didn't really mean it or they just said that because they need me to do x in return and do you know what I mean it's just like all of these little inner stories that happened and I learned to mask how I was really feeling from a really young age that for me, you know, absolutely came from childhood. I didn't talk about how I felt. I didn't talk about what I was feeling. Um, And I was used to that. I was used to that because when I was younger, my mum utilised me as her emotional support from when I was about 10 or 11 years old. No way ready or informed to kind of help somebody with the level of trauma and distress that she was experiencing. But what I did learn is it was not a two-way street. So she came to me with her problems. I listened to her problems and I guess I probably tried to help. I don't know if I did, but I certainly listened and gave her lots of sympathy. That was probably the bit that that kind of helped her is, is having the sympathy from that. And, you know, she was going through a tough time. I'm really compassionate about it now. But I realised it wasn't a two-way street. I realised that if I had a problem, I can go to my parents and expect to have... <clears throat> excuse me, to expect to have the same level of support or anything off the back of that. So I soon learned it was a one-way street. And we didn't really have massive amounts of support at school. You might have a favourite teacher, but it was never really time to go and talk to them. And there wasn't really so much of pastoral care. We didn't have a school counsellor or anything like that. So whatever I was taking in, the only place that I could put it was squish it down, keep squishing it down, keep squishing it down. But of course, as humans and as children, we have capacity. And once that capacity has been exhausted, there's nowhere else for it to go apart from it potentially to go bang. And that's exactly what happened for me. It went bang when I was at college. A total and utter meltdown based on having pushed things down for such a long time. So let's park that for a second. Let's talk about why childhood is is so important and why it sort of still plays a part so we have parts of our programming that we don't need anymore we don't need them to the same extent for why they were created in us in the first place so for example let's go right right back to cave times living in you know groups together tribes herds whatever you want to call it when we were part of that way of living we had to survive and the best way for us to survive was to learn from others fit in be accepted know our place all of these elements were very important then because if you didn't have a place in the the, I'm going to call it a tribe if you didn't have a place in the tribe that was it you know if you didn't fit if you were cast out if you weren't accepted as part of the tribe, then it was, it was, you know, it was the end of things for you. So it's important when we are little that we have key people to look after us. So generally our parents 
although there's a saying, it takes a village to raise a child, which was about the level of support. So everybody would have been involved in raising any of the children. There would have been parents, but other people would have been involved as well to help raise that child and to help shape that child. And our life has moved on so much now. Things have changed so massively that we don't have that anymore. You know, even from from things like most mums have to work, you know, house prices and the cost of living means that it's very difficult to get get away with, with just one wage. So women go to work. So women aren't at home. They're not keeping an eye on everybody else's kids. And, you know, the kids aren't running around and having that freedom. And so what happens is we are getting more and more and more insular. Um, But actually what we need is a lot of support around us as children. So we automatically look to other people. So we see adults as all-knowing, always getting it right. And we all go through like a rite of passage where we go, actually, that's bollocks, right? So we all go through that moment where we realise that our parents don't really know everything. Um, And we go through a point where we think actually parents can make mistakes as well. And that's a really hard lesson for us to learn. It's really difficult for us to have that sudden understanding because we don't develop that understanding generally until we're past seven years of age. But by seven years of age, you have set your normality. Whatever you are experiencing in your parents' relationship, that's what you will experience as as your normality of relationships. Whatever you are experiencing in your home environment, that's your normality. Um, And so, of course, If that's created from what you have seen around you and what you've experienced around you, and then later on you learn, hmm, I'm not sure actually my parents are, you know, infallible. I think they probably have made mistakes. It's it's a very difficult thing to manage. Um, But interactions with with other people are so important. So when we are born, we are born as the highest version of ourselves. So when we are born, we are literally a blank canvas. We shout about our needs. We don't think about other people. We don't people please. Um, We're very clear about what we want. And as our interactions continue, that lessens and lessens and lessens. Um, And then what what ends up happening is we are then shaped by the people around us rather than keeping this blank canvas. I mean, wouldn't it be lovely if we could all just be very clear about what it is that we want and need? But how many times do you see in a film or experience at home, if everybody had just been honest, if everybody had just said how it was, um, not in a the invention of lying kind of way, but just in a very clear about what our needs were, we probably find our needs were met significantly more. So there are three key things that happen in childhood that cause us to have difficulty in adulthood. So one is life circumstances, one or more. One is the loss of our childhood too early. And one is the creation of our version of normal when we are seven. And therefore, at that point, don't really have the emotional intelligence to look at it from different perspectives and what have you. So those three things are generally, when my clients come to me, the three things that we uncover, sometimes all of them, sometimes just one of them. But often it's to do with the loss of of childhood really early. So loss of childhood really early could be over things like uh, loss of a close family member. Um, So maybe parents needed more support than they had done before and weren't able to parent in the same way. Maybe 
Um, so one of my clients, there's a number of siblings. So, of course, when there's that many of them, the older children almost automatically take on a mothering role to the younger ones because there's there's a number of them. Um, loss of childhood too early can also be other life experiences that happen. So for us, it was the diagnosis of um, multiple sclerosis in my mum and the diagnosis of epilepsy in me. Um, and that both of those together changed a lot of things alongside moving house, moving school. You know, we moved a long way. It was about 200 miles distance between where I'd grown up and where I'd known everything to where we then ended up. And I was horribly bullied at school and my parents didn't deal with it very well. So no trauma, no abuse, just a set of life circumstances which weren't handled particularly well and started to break down the relationship with my parents. And so... You know, all of these things that I created inside of me. So lack of confidence, I'm tolerated, not understanding about putting boundaries in place with people who treated me badly, anxiety, depression, low in emotional intelligence, terrible people pleaser. Um, and I got involved in very toxic relationships because the relationship that I was watching with my mum and dad was pretty toxic really my mum would say terrible things in the heat of the moment and then she'd say these terrible things which you couldn't unhear and she couldn't unsay but her attitude was very much like well I said it in the heat of the moment and I'm okay now so you need to forget it and of course those things really have an impact on us so then I would think that saying things in the heat of the moment um, was part of a normal relationship even though I didn't like it I still recreated that um, and as a result of that I learned that actually I was just attracting people where one or both of us would become very toxic so when I say I had toxic relationships I'm not saying it's all on them I'm saying I became pretty toxic as well because that was my normality so what I'm saying through all of this is look at your normality, look at what your childhood was about. And realistically, you're looking for events and things that were said to you from the ages of very little where you might not be able to remember it, to be fair, all the way up to about 25. Like I don't coach anybody who's under 25 because until you've got to that stage, you're not really ready um, for the work that we do because you're still developing and you're still creating those neural pathways in your brain um so yeah so big big changes for me between the ages of nine and eleven I never knew where I stood so sometimes my mum would be lovely to me because she needed my support and sometimes she would be bitter and nasty and mean and I never really knew which mum I was going to get which again caused me problems with creating relationships with other people dad always took her side always always and as I got older I used to question that when my mum wasn't around and she he would say well yeah no I do it I do agree with that or yeah you were right about that and what have you but you know what your mum's like I can't say anything lost phenomenal amounts of respect for him and that really impacted on our relationship I've learned so much more about my dad since and again have a lot of compassion around that but at the time that was that was very difficult I was too young to be an adult um, and you may look back and think, God, I had to grow up really quickly. So talking to a client yesterday who um, had to take on the mothering role for her younger siblings and she did that from what we ascertained in the end is she probably started that when she was about four. So she'd already said goodbye to her childhood at four and childhood is so important to enjoy in the normal way that a child should, playing learning 
making mistakes in in a safe environment and what have you those things are so important so don't be too quick to allow your children to grow up because their childhood element is incredibly important although it feels to me that kids are really growing up very quickly nowadays the other thing that happened in our household is again not knowing where I stood sometimes I knew there were secrets and sometimes I knew that there was oversharing so I'd be told things about family and what have you that were I didn't need to know they were beyond my years and what have you and and that was really difficult um and I had like I say I had absolutely no outlet I just want you to take a moment and if you don't take anything else from this session today if you don't look at your your childhood and try to work out some of the things that might be linked to how you're feeling now the one thing I want you to think about is as an adult what do you struggle with so let's say for example the things that you might struggle with are anxiety depression people pleasing overthinking not very good at relationships don't like speaking up if you can make a list of all of the things that as an adult you don't like I want you to go back through that list and have a think, who taught me how to do these things? Because I think there's this view that you just magically sometime at some point magically know how to adult. And you don't. You have to be taught how to adult. You don't magically just have this this set of skills. If you are a parent, your job, your one job, is to make the best human beings that you possibly can. That That's literally it. Uh, and that is obviously has a lot underpinning it. But realistically, that is your job. You're trying to make decent adults. And that means teaching them, showing them, loving them, nurturing them, supporting them, all of those sorts of things. But it also means allowing them to cook it up, allowing them to get it wrong and learn from it in a much safer environment before they become an adult. So sorry if you can hear the dog. He's not a happy boy at the moment. Um, so yeah, so in, in terms of, of like looking at it, think about who taught you those things? Who taught you emotional intelligence? Who taught you nurturing and support and all of those things? Because if you weren't taught them, how on earth are you supposed to then bring them into your adult life if you don't know how? That is going to have like a really big impact. And that's really important. So why am I sharing all of this? The reason that I'm sharing all of this is to indicate a few things. So one is, again, no trauma and abuse needs to be present for you to have a difficulty from your childhood. Obviously, I don't know your individual circumstances and it would take way too long to go through it. So I'm just trying to find live examples that I can show you A plus B equals C. It's not for sympathy. I have grown the most beautiful business off the back of phenomenal amounts of pain and difficulty and challenge and the change wasn't easy the change was not easy at all and I don't want you to think that going into a coaching experience would be comfortable because sometimes it's not sometimes you talk about things that are painful sometimes I will challenge you um, if you decide to work with me any good coach will challenge you if you want to get those things lots of small things add up lots of small things add up And that is a really important thing to note because it's not not always one thing. It could be a hundred things. Change is possible. Change is absolutely possible. And I cannot tell you how empowering it was to move from 
a genuine belief that my cards were dealt and there was nothing I could do about it. I just had to manage that hand of cards to realizing that I had choice and to realizing that I could empower myself to do that, even though it was difficult. And even though there were days where I did not want to do it, I did not want to work on myself every single day. I still don't want to work on myself every single day. There are days like my husband would say, I think you'd feel better if we went for a walk. I don't want to go for a goddamn walk. I want to mull in my own anxiety, in my own, whatever it is. I want to mull in that bad mood for a bit and I'll be ready to feel okay later. You're not going to want to do it every day. And that's okay. It's just as long as across an extended timeline, you are making progress. It doesn't matter. You know, progress on a, on a personal de- development journey is not linear. You are going to have ups and downs and that's really important. But it's such an empowering thing to say, oh, actually, I can choose. And yes, Louise has just said happiness is a choice. It absolutely is a choice. You can choose to be happy. It doesn't necessarily mean the road to, to feeling more happy is easy, but it is a choice and you do get to choose. And believe me, guys, if anybody, sorry, if I can do it, anybody can do it. If I can make those changes that were incredibly hard, anybody can do it. So all of this stuff that happens to you when you're a child, where does it go? Well, it goes into your unconscious mind. So you have these conscious thoughts and feelings and they may be fly away. They may have only been said once or twice or what have you, but they all disappear. They all go into your unconscious mind. They're all stored there. What your unconscious mind loves to do is make a playlist, an extended play playlist with all of the versions of I'm not good enough, um, all of the virgin, versions of uh, somebody said this to me once and that must be true. So now let's find all of the evidence for it. Um, your brain is a very clever thing, but it's not always highly helpful However, please, please, please try and remember your brain's just trying to protect you. So if you don't speak up in a meeting, if you don't go for that promotion, if you don't put yourself out there for judgment, your unconscious mind is telling you that that's what's going to keep you safe. So all of this crap that happened when you were younger is all stored in your unconscious mind until it's sort of picked through and sorted through. Um, and what we do is we we take the learning from it and the rest of it goes out. The rest of it's trash. The rest of it is taking out the trash. Um, and that's really, really important. Just to be clear, and maybe it's because of the kind of coaching that I do and, and the help that I give. I have never, ever, ever experienced a client coming to me with a symptom of what is going wrong for them that hasn't been absolutely linked to a series of events that happened when they were younger to create the switch in the first place. So I've never experienced anything different than my client is being affected by something that happened when they were younger, every single time, without fail. Um, And those adult issues then switch across from childhood into adulthood. And they've like they've they've almost created a bit of a switch. So something happens, it creates the switch. Then you you move further through your life and then there might be a trigger and a trigger. Can then flick that switch and bring up this series of, of difficult feelings. So we get to the root cause. And then we solve the adult symptom. But unless you do the root cause, all you're doing is putting a sticking plaster over symptoms. So 
so yeah, so I'm going to invite you to just spend some time at some point in the next day or so, whilst this is still fresh, to sit down and think about what is it that I'm experiencing now? When have I had similar experiences when I was little or younger? And see if you can start to find the link between them. And that's not the easiest thing to do. So if you do need some help with that, please do reach out and message me. If you message me, there is absolutely no obligation for you to work with me. It's just to chat. It's just to see what you're experiencing, because this is the stuff that stands in your way. If there's something that you want, it's it's down to your unconscious mind as to whether you do it or not. You can want all of the dreams and goals that you want. You can want them really badly all day, every day. But your unconscious mind and the stuff it's holding on to will make a decision as to whether that is possible or not. So it's important to go through that in order that you can get rid of the stuff that you don't need and achieve those dreams and goals. And most of my clients will admit that they know that they are standing in their own way just don't know how to stop it they don't know how to change it so take some time take some paper take a pen journal around it mind map around it do spider diagrams around it but I guarantee you that you will have a link to something that happened in childhood that is now stopping you and that would be really good for you and it's about saying it's okay to put yourself first. It's a, a well, not even first. No, sorry, scrap that. In line with everybody else, you can choose you because actually everybody else will benefit if you chose you anyway. A uh, couple of things that have come up. Do I do a free thirty-day course? No, I don't. My free content is my live show each week. My podcast that will be coming out shortly. That's in the process of all being edited and, and got ready at the moment. Um, there's a lot that we could achieve in in, three, in 30 days. Um, anyway, it's lovely to come on and talk to you all. I'm really grateful for you taking the time. Um, please do add comments into the chats and then I will keep coming back in and responding to those. Um, have a great, great day, everybody. And I will catch up with you and there'll be a new webinar going up as well. So look out for it. Thank you so, so much for joining me on this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you loved it, please make sure that you share it with your friends and anybody else you think would benefit. And also make sure you've clicked the follow button. It would be amazing if you could leave me a five-star review so the world gets out to as many amazing women as possible. If you want to know more about me and my offers, then you'll find the links in the show notes. So until next week, go and explore some of the themes I've talked about today and try things out for yourself. I'd also love to hear more how it helped you. So drop me a message using the link in the show notes. And remember, whether you believe you can or believe you can't, you're right.